What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. Your boy here, Monster DeFace, the favorite Fortnite commentator, bringing you guys episode 150. Today, we're kicking things off with the two greatest on the scene, some of the hardest workers our Fortnite space has. Uh, let's kick it off with Life with Panda to take the floor, the usual. What's up, brother? What's up, man? Hey, listen, it's been a busy couple weeks, but we're back, and... uh we're getting ready for this new season. Getting ready for the new season. He's already starting to prep some new content for the NA West boys. Community showing some love. That's what we like to see. Um, you know, putting in that hard work and someone else is putting in major hard work. Y'all have been listening to him jump on this episode after episode. It's the boy, Somebody's Gun, my favorite. What's up, brother? Hey, what's up, gents? It's a good day. Good day to be here. Good day to be here. The man, you know, I hit him up 20 minutes out. Like, you ready? He said, yes. He'll, he's going to come <laughs> through. You know what I'm saying? And that's on me. I'm just I'm just bad like that. Um, yay, for our listeners, welcome back, guys. Thanks for, of course, riding with us, downloading these episodes. My little sister's calling me. I'm going to have to bang it on her for a second. Uh, and uh, downloading, you know, uh, all, all the listens, man. We appreciate you guys. Spotify, Amazon, Google. We're on a bunch of new avenues now from where you can tune in to the track. So, Thank you guys for, of course, supporting us on this crazy journey. And especially you guys that listen in through the Apple podcast routes. I think that's one of our bigger, but Spotify is kind of the growing space. So you Spotify listeners, y'all are cool. But let's get into the uh, let's get into the content today, man. As always, we're going to make this very much Fortnite heavy. Got a lot going on in Fortnite. FNCS is fully completed about a, a week ago. And we're about a week out from the new season, so a lot going on within the Fortnite space. But let's kick it off with just a little bit of a recap, man. Um, who wants to take the floor first? Say I. I guess I'll go first. Yeah, okay. You go you go EU, NA East, then NA West. Let's you know, go. The, of course, you know, I'll, they... take, I'll take NA West for the boys. All right. All, all right. right. Um, so we'll start with EU. Queasy and Hen won. And in, like, heroic fashion... Hen clutched up. He didn't need to do that, but like it just put the cherry on top of the cake and really cemented that victory. And I feel like that's going to be more memorable. If you guys haven't watched, go watch the last game of EU. Hen solo clutches with, I think, seven people left. He takes down like five of them or so. And Queasy went down well before. So Hen played multiple moving zones by himself. It was insane. And those guys deserve it. They, to me, were the two best players in EU this past season. And, and not only that, the seasons yeah. in lead up as well. These are two of our premier EU duos. They have been crushing the scene for a long time. One of the few teams that actually plays high ground style, very similar to the Zate and Saf and, and the stretch kind of dominant high ground every game or bust, but ex except they are extremely successful at it. Um, and, and it showed off this duo season already kicking off like literally with fireworks on in, in their backyards um and just to kind of touch on like you mentioned they kind of had a runaway train situation already it was pretty clear they were gonna win but to have a solidified and defining winning moment man hats off to shio wagers casting over the weekend he put every single caster to shame like in my opinion like the dude has been sharpening the toolbox it was very very clear that he came ready prepared and you could just hear the enthusiasm um, behind the calls, man. The dude just sounded so, so good on the mic this weekend. Please check out the EU broadcast if you haven't already. You could skip NA East, whatever. I don't care. You know, uh, you, you, you could you could skip you could skip mines, guys. It, it doesn't hold a candle, uh, a candle's flame to what Shio put down. I'm telling you, um, the the dude was crushing it. But uh, jokes aside, though, moving moving on to NA East. NA East was. 
and Ace was dope. And Ace was really dope. I mean, we had a pretty good competition, I'd say, uh, day one. Day two, things, you know, the narrative was definitely in Booga and Miro's backyard. They go on to win the FNCS championship in just dominant fashion. What was it? 50, roughly 50 points ahead of second place. That's a full game and a half's worth of points right there. Um, I mean, Panda, how much of NA East did you get to catch? Um, so I got to watch both pretty closely. Like for EU, uh, obviously, and Queasy, phenomenal job. Also, shout out to Stormy Wright and Kiriachi. Russian player, Ukraine player playing through all of this and and coming through second place despite like Stormy Wright having to deal with a bunch of stuff, getting out of Ukraine, barely making it in for finals and and obviously showing up in great fashion. And then with NA East, you know, I I, I love the boys over at NA East, but I'm telling you that it was not as exciting as it was seasons past for me on NA East specifically. Now, no. obviously, talent-wise, NA East was gorgeous. Listen, if it wasn't for those broadcast boys, you got SBG on the <laughs> desk, you got Monster on the mic behind the scenes, so you know that was fun. But like, as far as as far as the duos go, I, I just didn't. I, I, it wasn't like as exciting, and maybe it was because I just kind of felt going into the season, Booga and Miro were running away with it. But yeah, I I felt very similarly, and at least to start and then day two it was it was the booga and mirror show and there's only so many ways you could say that right when yeah. a team is just taking over a day and owning it and then it's there was you know a little hint of competition on day two but they're like nah this is our tournament everyone else get out the way and you're playing for second place which was awesome it just shows how good they are and i think we even saw i think it was dukes throughout a tweet like yo is anyone going to be able to beat Booga and Miro if they're unconned all year? And a lot of people t took it as a troll, but honestly, it's a pretty good question. True. It really is. And a big, and also a shout out to Chimp and Spade. Great placements from them. Um, I think it's the highest placement for both, right? So Chimp obviously been in the scene for a bit with Tabney and Teo there, and, and they kind of broke off as himself. He was in the streamer bowl just a few weeks ago. Now he obviously shows up in the finals, taking second place. So definitely there was some excitement around it. I'm not going to take away that. I just, like, as, as far as the top spot goes, it felt like Buga Miro ran away with it. Now, I did love the Clicks and Day storyline. Like, they were picking up VRs. Like, that was really fun to watch. Um, but with the elimination points being three, man, it was just, it was not about the VRs, as you could tell, because Buga Miro, they didn't have a single one. Yeah, and I will say day one, it, it genuinely kicked off mega exciting. You had Yamza and Dijen take game one, which was probably the most hype victory royale of the weekend for me personally, because we're coming off the back of the content pieces that Yamzo, uh, you know, filmed, and he was talking all the smack in the videos, and he comes out with the win. I'm like, oh, we got a finals. Um, but yeah, you know, to Panda's point, it did fizzle out towards the end as the breakaway just, you know, Booga and Miro took off. And I think more importantly, what kind of stole the story or kind of the lack of story that we had was we were really expecting Sensen and Cole to do well, right? Like people were genuinely rooting for them. They were crushing cash cups. And then they came in and they flopped on day one. Their second day was literally like 85, maybe 90% of their total point threshold. They scored 230 points on the second day. The best second day performing team um, via average points, it seems like. And their day one was only 60 points. So like realistically, this could have been as close of a, 
tournament if Sensen and Cold, you know, had just had that better day one. Um, and it, it reminds me really of Stompy and Shinken. Like, we had so just ridiculously high expectations and a bar set for them leaning into World Cup because their dominance in the qualifiers. And then they flopped so heavily in the World Cup. And the story was such a letdown. Um, yeah. and, and that's kind of, I think, what also tainted duos a little bit, right? Like, duos wasn't as memorable because there was like, where the heck was Stompy and Shinken? Like, that's who people were rooting for. And I feel like Sensen and Cold was who we were rooting for sort of coming in too. And um, they, didn't, they didn't really step up. You know, kind of to add to that, uh, a similar story happened with Arkham and Epic Whale. Uh, their day one was like 50 points or 56 points, I think. But day two, they got like 160 points to come back into 15th place. This is like the lowest placement I think we've ever seen them in FCS yeah. history. So that was kind of crazy to watch unfold, but it, very similar. It, their day one performance was lackluster, and it caused it caused them to to fall heavily. And what I what I did want to say too, just while we're quickly wrapping up the topic of any East. Smite and Larson take a third place, guys. That's 35000 apiece. This is a team that popped off, showed up. Really surprising. Like, super, I would say, dark horse pick probably from, you know, anyone paying attention to the competitive scene. But interesting enough, it, it, interestingly enough, on some of the picks, like, people were putting out rosters and, you know, like, who do they expect to do well? Smite and Larson did pop up on some of them as just like, hey, they're, they're kind of going crazy in this, um, what was it, Sleepy Sounds, they forced out Sensen and Cold kind of early, so people were already like, what the heck? And then they were just, just honestly steamrolling teams in early and mid-game fights very successfully. Um, so that that's a team that excites me, SMG. Yeah, definitely. And th they were popping up almost seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah. Just during the qualifiers, during semis, just, whoa, they just took down Sensen and Cold. Whoa, they just took down yeah. like, this big-name team, and you're like, who are these guys? And the story just continued for them to finish in third place. It's it's one of those awesome rising stars that we're seeing now. They've been around for a little bit, but I think now this is the, their time. Yeah, they, they've been around for quite some time. Um, Smite in particular, now part of Fusion Esports, Larson a part of Team 33. So both professional and signed players, right? They do this full time. Um, it's pretty clear that those organizations see something in both of them. And, uh, man, this could be that turning and pivotal moment. I mean, we saw the same thing for Iamzo. We saw the same thing for Agers and DGen way back when. It only takes a good top three, a good pop-off, and all of a sudden those names are going to stick out to you as they continue to perform well and, and build a fandom. So NA East is very interesting right now. Spade and Chimp, uh, biggest placements they've had in, in forever, but also for Chimp, the best he's ever gotten in the FNCS Finals. 45K apiece for them. Um, and then, of course, Mira and Booga taking home 65000 each. So big money, uh, big winnings, big earnings. Anyone that really broke into, I'd say, the top 10, you're pretty happy. You kind of get into those next payment thresholds. So all in all, NA East was dope. It, it, it turned out to be okay. Um, you know, looking past Miro and Booga, who, of course, just stole the show. Uh, let's get on over to NA West, though. You talked about some of the some of the upsets from Arkham and crew. Not necessarily... I guess performing up to snuff. Who was it that stood out? Who was it that popped off? Because I'm seeing Batman Booga being paraded everywhere on Twitter. Like, what's the deal? What's the deal with Batman Booga? <laughs> so, so let's. Well, we can start uh, with Batman Booga and Wheels. Uh, they came into media day, right? So when we're getting ready, filming all the interviews and stuff, getting ready, prepping for qualifier one. When they were talking to me, they were just so confident in what they were what they were doing, what their game plan was, how they were going to execute this game plan. Everything they were doing and, and, and what they were saying made a lot of sense. They come to Qualifier 2, 
They play second only to Arkham and Epic Whale. And and it just kind of solidified that their game plan works in a closed lobby like scenario like that. So I was like, okay. I think everybody saw that. I saw that and was like, listen, it's a clear pick that Batman Booga Wheels are going to do well. They ended up play, placing 11th, but kind of similar to Yamzo, uh, very confident going into it. They took game number one with the VR, like literally right off the bat, good start. And then unfortunately, it was just kind of downhill from there. They had some um, troubles off spawn that they just couldn't get under wraps. But fortunately for them, they have good mindsets. They didn't take to Twitter and they're like, oh, I hate this. I hate that. They were like, listen, this is what happened, but we're going to make sure that future FNCSs, this doesn't happen to us ever again, which that's what you need, right? Going into this, you need to be a little bit more positive. You need to be like, hey, listen, we messed up. We could have been better. We will be better in the future, right? But speaking of teams that just continue to get better, Snacky and Fabs, man, they won Chapter 2, Season 8. They didn't win win Grand Royale, but back-to-back, technically, FNCS winners now, uh, they win Chapter 3, Season 1 as a duo. And it was very, very close in the in the last game. That's what made it so exciting, is it literally came down to the final moments of everything, with Pars and Rays still up. They were they were right there in the mix, but they ended up going down. Snacky Fav stayed alive long enough to get a couple more eliminations, push them up above, and ultimately walk away with twenty two thousand five hundred dollars each in first place. Which again, crazy to think about because first place in West is forty five thousand, right? Total. And that's like. Yep. Yeah, that's like top five, basically. Yeah, or something yeah. like I, it, it, I feel for the boys, but next season I'm sure there's going to be some readjustments because I saw some player counts, right? And originally, like last season, Brazil outplayed West as far as players go. This season, it was dramatically different. I want to, so I want to find that. I want to find that article again as well. Like, I wish I took a screenshot of it because they keep referencing yeah. it, but I, I can't remember where i saw it so if any of you guys got it or know where to find it definitely want to um go ahead and just just save that for the records as a reference point um yeah, yeah. shout out to pars and rays man uh it looked like they were well within about a 20 point stretch to catch up to first place so that makes it a very competitive tournament rexian dynamic take third place a big 14k each also breaking that 300 point threshold um do we want to talk about uh, let's say maybe the the letdown of the format this season. Man, Epic duped us. 500-point threshold. Not a single team on the dominant and, and priority regions, if you want to call them that. The broadcast regions got close to that. Just Do we want to touch about touch on like kind of being duped for the, uh, yeah. for the finals format? What happened there, man? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw, like, Brazil did it, but in the 12th game, so it doesn't even really count as, like, the match point format because they would have won anyway because the tournament was over. They had the most points. But they barely got... They they didn't get above uh, 500 points until game 12, and they had six wins. Like, you're telling me that you're going to have six wins and you're just getting to that match point format in the last game... I knew going in because I did the math. Like this is almost not impossible. Gonna yeah. <laughs> We're gonna need to see some team have six wins and have the most elims in a finals lobby. But at the same time, do we really? This is the first FNCS of the year. Do we really want someone hitting that match point format Shutting in the very first FNCS? You know, now we I can did. lower it. I'll be it. honest. I'll be honest. <laughs> I did. I wanted to see someone come in game eight if it was a race to the to the finals or to the finish line. Like, that's what I want to see. I want to see the race to the finish line. I genuinely think 
it'll make it just just super sick. We see it happen in Apex Legends, and that's why I know it could be awesome. I know it doesn't feel like when you say it, you know, objectively like that, like, oh, do you really want the tournament to end early on the first one? No, but it feels really good in the moment, like, and it makes for a great call. Um, to shout out to OCE, they got to 499 as far as the points go, coming out of 12th game, and I think Middle Eastern also got really close. So, uh, you know, the smaller regions, it's pretty clear that some dominant teams can or will probably break whatever next adjustment threshold and end their tournament region early. That's going to, you know, cause for a very interesting um, maybe conversation later on. Uh, but for the primary regions, yes, how do we get to a point to where if we're going to run a point format, it's going to make sense for the primary regions that are being broadcasted and on the main show. Um, I feel like we almost need different point thresholds for different regions. Like, okay, for Middle East, OCE, and let's just say Asia, yeah, you need four victories and like 400 points. And then like for EU and NA and NA West, maybe we do something different. Like, all right, two victories and 400 points as well, right? Like something like yeah. that. Well, I think, you know, like anything else, right? This is their way to test it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like see see how plausible it is. And it just wasn't possible. I mean, we sat down again, uh, Jacob and I, we were talking about it going into day two and we're like, Okay, so Brazil was close, right? Going into game 12, but that was it. And and it really showcases that match point is exciting and interesting. But this time around, even though it was there, no one was even thinking about it because it just was it was impossible. It was it was really impossible to get to. Um, but hopefully we'll see some changes to that coming into the new seasons and stuff. Because listen, season two is right around the corner, man, and FNCS is gonna get exciting. Yeah, five days away now, guys, before the next new season kicks off. And then, of course, we start leading up that early conversation. What is the new meta? What are the draw spots? What's being introduced to the game? Because, as we all know, something's probably going to get brought to the game that's going to cause some conversation. Or, I don't, I don't really see the SMG leaving. So, I see maybe the leaks and the rumors of LMG returning and us doubling down on the spray meta probably being a realistic uh, situation. So... We'll, we'll pay attention. We'll see what's going on over there. Uh, talking about changes, though. Big changes to rosters just recently. Obviously, as we wrap up FNCS talk, shout out to uh, TSM Snacky. He's one of the, I think, the latest pickup for TSM. So congrats to him. And then, of course, we have NRG picking up Day. And um, that's, a, that's a big pickup, right? NRG picking up Day is huge. The difference, I would say, with NRG's pickup in Day is they're investing in someone who hasn't really built himself as a forward-facing um streamer right like a you know like when we think of day he's a cameraless great player big following because he's good at the game but not like bucky or you know a clicks or a benji fishy who are quite all literally known for their personalities who they are and their stage presence so like does this feel as like a good pickup a good fit for nrg what do you guys think i think for yeah. sure it does I think it just fits to the the powerhouse that they're trying to do, right? They they have the powerhouse in content, and losing Ronaldo opened up a spot for them to fill it with something, and they just weren't sure what in the moment. But now we see it's Day, and and it's a honestly it's a good choice, right? Day Miro, two players that deserve to be top tier and and get show or kind of get guided throughout how to perform, how to act, and how to create content through the space. Because NRG does that best. They take these these great players, great names, and help them hone in what they need to do and build a brand around it. Yeah, and on top of that, I think we've already seen that 
they're going to push Day to become more of a, a face. You know, he was at the Streamer Bowl probably while he, he was already signed and they were working out the announcement details. And then yep. for the announcement, he shows his face. He's been putting out his face along with NRG putting it out places. So they're fully invested in like, all right, we're making this kid a superstar. He's already really good at the game. But now, like, the person himself is going to be bigger than the game as well, which we've seen clicks do. Ronaldo's become that. I mean, Bucky's there. These these guys that are good at a video game become these uber personalities that, honestly, they could stop playing Fortnite today and still be successful doing whatever they want. Yeah, I feel that. I feel yeah. that. And, and you know, it's really interesting to see how a brand like NRG is one of the very unique ones. I feel like I would say... It, there was a point in time where it was kind of in parallel with Liquid in the sense that Liquid had like major top tier competitors on their roster, but were like loved by the community, right? We're talking, you know, Mitro, we're talking just, just their entire roster, who they were building up in lead up. Um, but then they, of course, fell off the face of the earth, lack of promotion, not really kind of being invested, I guess, as much as, um, you know, we've seen from NRG. But NRG's kind of taken that premier Fortnite. I would say Fortnite organizations roster like they are the premier roster of the Fortnite space. Picking up day just puts them in a step in that direction. Continues to do so. Um, talking about, I would say organizations doing some interesting things. I want to give a shout out to TNA, man. You know, another FNCS win under their belt. Basically, um, not really spoken about too much. Granted, they're kind of you know their CEO Kirsch is in all types of ventures right now, so it's kind of hard to you know pin down what it is he's always working on. And they've been hinting at like some new change coming. You know what I thought it was? I'll be honest. I thought it was <laughs> this is so stupid, but I thought it was yeah. bad timing before when Team Extra closed that because they were gonna already do like some kind of weird merge. So I felt like that was paused, and I some odd reason now tells me like. Team Extra Gaming is going to come back and somehow it's going to have a play in TNA. Like, I feel like there was a deal that was closed there and they had to put it on pause. And now, because if you look at the narrative behind TNA and what they're talking about, it's like, oh, good things come to an end. We're doing this. It looks like a rebrand. It looks like something that was supposed to happen before. And maybe that timing wasn't right. Because I, I kind of had that hunch before. This is so yeah. random. I, I don't think anyone else is thinking this, but this is really what I think still to this day. Well, the the whole cryptic messaging is driving me nuts. You got Kirsch, you got Joe Quinn, you got all of them on it, right? Like they are literally just they're they're just sitting there putting their little cryptic tweets and, out. And they're like, oh my gosh, one second, FCS wins. They're probably gonna hate me for thinking that too, because like they're probably <laughs> thinking like, monster, what the hell are you talking about? Extra gaming, it, especially if I'm way wrong. But like I don't know that that's what I thought. But go ahead, Panda. Yeah, the cryptic messaging. I mean, crazy it could very well be i mean that's a good honestly a really good option to say the least i think there's a lot of things it could be they genuinely could be closing their doors curse doesn't have time whatever the case may be i i don't actually think they're going anywhere right they've done too good of a job uh as as an org goes to to build a name and, and create something special but we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens we'll, we'll obviously bring that story to the masses as soon as we get it but man they're just not giving any information either Nada. I, my guess is they're being bought out by one of these big esports orgs, and mm. they're going to become mm. like the Fortnite division of one of like the top tier Fortnite orgs. That would be my guess. That wouldn't be bad, that. but like, what team in the space would have the money to do that? Right? The, to, it wouldn't be like a Team Thirty Three. We see them bash each other all day long on <laughs> socials, right? So 
regardless of how much money is going on over there. Um, I don't see like a fusion esports having the cash to do something like no, this. No, no, no. Personally. So it'd be like a liquid, or I don't think FaZe would do it. They're not maybe G two. I don't know. Like maybe, I see those yeah, like a level G2. of teams trying to invest because they're seeing what NRG is doing. TNA has already created that success and that model to be successful within Fortnite. So rather than try and replicate something or do it all from scratch, you just grab TNA. Now it's your Fortnite division and everything's still up and running we could we could see that happen we've seen similar merges in the past between soar and e11 gaming um so they could be taking up a a, a foot in that direction right that's that's success by any means you build an esports organization that appeals to the big boys and then you get bought out that's a successful company you know merge and acquisition by by all means especially if you pick up a salary and a bonus check along the way um that could yeah. be the out that they're looking for um, like we said, uh, the, the CEOs of TNA are definitely in all types of other ventures now making probably stupid NFT money as they have been doing with their, their side projects and they continue to launch more and more. So it, it would totally make more sense if that happened, not the extra gaming rebrand. <laughs> so uh, I'll be keeping a, we'll be keeping a, a, close, a close pulse on, on what's going on there. Um, other interesting things happening in the, in the organization space, NRG Castle um, and Grady hinting at what, they're calling a mini World Cup. Now, out the gate, I, I, I said this before in a, in a previous conversation and recording, but like to me, it just sounds TOS. So even if this is coming to life, I really hope they try some new branding on this. I would hate to see Epic shut down something as cool as what they're trying to do because this sounds like an out-of-pocket investment to get people together and just do something dope. It's pretty clear that they understand the power of, man, our socials, our impressions, everything pops off um, you know, when, when everyone's together. And they're trying to do that yeah. again. Yeah, I could definitely see that uh, being an issue. I think, again, like you mentioned, it's really just about how they brand it, who they get to, yeah. to support it behind the scenes, right? Like, obviously, practice server could kind of guide them in that direction, to be honest. But no, I mean, and this kind of also leads into something else that that uh, Gun posted recently, and it's that while this is happening and this is getting a lot of excitement, I think it's partially due to the fact that obviously it's a cool idea, but there's just not much going on in the community right now. Nothing. There's nothing consistent. There's no, there's not even these pop-up ones. And then there was like one consistent show that, that I saw. And, and then that got kind of scrapped early. So it's like, there's just yeah even nothing. Even from the practice server side, we've been having a bit of a harder time, I guess, finding sponsors that want to buy in. Uh, last year, yeah. I feel like we exhausted a lot of the people that were willing to try stuff. But, you know, with there being limited ways that sponsors in the Fortnite space can monetize um, their opportunities and the product, it makes it harder for advertisers to want to buy in unless they're really strictly looking for the impressions, right? Because there's, there's no doubt you're going to get views and, you know, that kind of um, image, right, if you're looking mm -hmm. for it. But Everything else, it's it's really hard for for advertisers to want to buy in. So that is slowly and surely now bleeding into, I guess, the general economy of the game. Um, if you don't have outside advertisers, I mean, someone's got to fill the void. Is it going to be epic? Is the real question. And it doesn't seem like they've shown any interest in doing those things just yet. Yes, we've been seeing more enabling from Epic and supporting sponsors and doing stuff in the game, but that's probably not enough anymore. Now, is it right? It's, it's we've been around for a couple of years like you know they, they either got to open up the wallets or open up the doors a little bit give a little bit more landscape um for the for the advertisers in my opinion to do some more stuff with the game definitely well, and like the thing oh. that 
so panda the reason i saw that is we have the the danish group the elgantian invitational that happens on a regular basis and this mm-hmm. has been happening the players love it it gets a lot they they push it well because i feel like some Fortnite tournaments aren't pushed well and just never pop up this yeah. one's all over the place you see it every single time it runs and then there's a few other european Fortnite tournaments that are going on and it makes me think like what is different between the north american scene between the European scene that causes this to happen, I don't have the answers for it. That's why I know why I threw out the question. I um, know why. What you got? It, this directly correlates to the scrim community. Um, what we're seeing right now is a shift in the European scene taking the game seriously, being enthusiastic about it, live streaming their practice daily. Right, this regimen, and they're building bigger and bigger communities that are staying with them and following their journey in the competitive space. The NA space is moving in the opposite direction. They're not practicing daily. They're not doing their streams. We don't see these mass housings of competitive players all focused in on these weekly and nightly events in NA anymore. And because of that, now you also see the direct response from tournaments don't see value here. Like, what's going on when you tune into the NA space at a random time of the night? It's just people playing the game, you know, shooting their shooting the stuff and not doing anything serious that makes it feel like, where's the structure in this space? It's not there. Yeah. But when the EU organizer and advertiser looks at the space, man, they're looking at an organized, structured competition, well-oiled machine running at almost all times. How can we get in on this? How can we advertise in front of this audience that is clearly being captured all day long, right? When, yeah. like, there is a literal correlation here. So, and I see that yeah. because I've worked both sides. So as I see the NA space decline and the EU space rise, you're seeing those tournaments continue to thrive there. And we've seen the biggest decline. And I mean the biggest. As practice server, we brought in over a quarter million of tournament activations last year. Um, granted, we have a long year in front of us. But this year, already much slower. Um, we've done tons of work in the space, but much slower when it comes down to like appealing to outside advertisers which is what we've been doing and bringing them into this game economy we haven't seen very much of that and it's hard for me to even sell the idea because i don't even have anything to look to my left and right to prove that these guys are trying like it's literally the scrim scene my opinion at least you just have random viewership numbers that you can't necessarily equate to nothing yeah that's really interesting i didn't think about it that way thank you for that monster little insight that's a gem for you guys there you go listeners (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well and, and, and put it in your pocket that, <laughs> put it in your pocket um on top of that i think um the only the only people that have been doing things is efuse right and i think i don't know what it is right i feel like there's some kind of shift right whereas dreamhack was like the focus last year and now all of a sudden it's efuse right they got they got the co- collegiate scene under their belt they're doing this this uh women's tournament that is very obviously heavily correlated with whatever Fortnite's got going on because huge prize pool on top of that it's promoted on Fortnite socials so they definitely have some kind of connection there uh so it's going to be interesting to see if efuse kind of fills the void as the year continues to go on but at the same time it's like it's just so weird to me i'm a i'm almost to the point right where I might just take some money and throw it at a big tournament and we could just do something. There's, because it, there, it there's a genuine there's a genuine space for it right now. I mean, look at um my boy Swearin's Boomer Cup. It's very mm. small pricing, very low impact investment, if you want to call it that. 
and he's garnering tons of attention, tons of support because he's filling the void for another niche community. Same way like Efuse is, except Efuse is throwing seventy five Gs at the wall. They, they could have put yeah. twenty thousand and got the same turnout and you know all that, but that's a different conversation. But hey, seventy five K looks big. It sounds big. It is big. And they have multiple tournaments being lined up, and that's the direction they're going. And again, focusing on a niche community in the NA uh, market. What we saw last year that we're not seeing much of right now, um, we saw much more Twitch rivals activations happening, right? Cypher PK Cup, Nick A30 Cup, like Twitch investing in Fortnite and creators in Fortnite. We're not really seeing that just yet. Um, could there be a pipeline that's already in the works? Absolutely. But... Dude, we're three months in, and we haven't had, like, a premier anything third-party cup, in my opinion. Not that I can think of. Not at well, least... Streamer Bowl. Besides the Streamer Bowl, which is yeah. an ongoing annual activation that was kind of a, you know, a given. I'm talking, like, mm -hmm. DreamHack. I'm talking Ninja Battles. I'm talking Chipotle Series. Like, we're yeah. three months in. Like, this is, like, quarter one of the year, essentially. We're literally... Literally a quarter into the year right now, um, and we haven't seen anything. So why is it that quarter one Fortnite is as slow as it has been? If we see that trend continue to until the summer, we don't have some kind of major activation. I think it's a it's a clear sign that NA space needs some restructuring. Um, and then at that point, I'll probably you know just do the dirty work and help any practice get better but i don't want to do the dirty work no one does <laughs> like i'll be honest shout out to boop for running noble around the clock on eu and you know yeah, crazy I, I would say for crumbs because like doing it on live stream and not having like a real big sponsored backing dude you're you're really scrapping by and and you know what i mean you're hustling because you love to do it um granted the viewership and stuff is great but viewership doesn't pay bills you need a lot of support to continue to do stuff like that. And trust me, I've been there and I still run a lot of the scene, um, but I don't do it nearly as proactively because it is so much work and I don't want to do it, but will if we have to again. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, again, I'm at a point where I, I've considered it like just taking, taking some money. I'm not going to say an exact amount. Monster and I can talk amounts behind the scenes, but Taking a three million dollars. Three million dollars. No, 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 no. Listen, I ain't that crazy now. Hold up. He's on FNCS um, now, guys. He's got it. I, FNC, I'm gonna call it FNCS two. Uh, there's no branding <laughs> issues whatsoever. It's fine. Um, but I, I really am at a point where it's like, even for us and what we do, it's hard to stay fresh when there's just these huge gaps as well. And that, like, that's another thing that. I value very much so is trying to be as active as possible, and it is crushing me not being active outside of FNCS, of course. Yeah, agreed. Uh, last point, and then we can move on because I feel like we've gone on a tangent here, but <laughs> like not tangent. even just for the money piece of it. Like you said, staying fresh and just talking about Fortnite on a regular basis helps us be better at our job. So he's like third-party tournaments and stuff, and. It helps. It's practice. We need practice. We're just like players. We we can't just go out there and play with a on any given day. At least that's how I feel. No, I mean for sure. And not only that, it's talking points. It's reference to story building. It's as important to the overarching again health of the competitive scene as anything else. When you know we first found out about Chimp and Teo and Tabne, my earliest interactions with them from from were literally the solo spotlight series. Which, by the way, I haven't been able to run because it's against TOS. Not sure if you guys <laughs> saw the whole update and rules and stuff, but it's very much not really 
a, a thing anymore because I can't make it a thing anymore. But it, it was it was the place where I saw a lot of the new fresh faces. And when I saw them then in semis and, you know, in cash cups, now I had more context to speak to them about. When we ran elite cups, you know, like things like that, we just knew like, dude, this is the premier cup leading into the FNCS. We have a clear foundation of like these teams popped off under this, you know, whatever strict competitive format that we deemed competitive at the time. Um, and, and, you know, it's just context, context across the board. It's always good to have different reference points too. And we, we have very limited versions of that. So I want to see more, man. I want to see much, much more. Um, I think the game's in a much better place than it has been in a while. Um, I think it's just continuing to move in a, in a good direction. So, you know, I, I want to see the, again, the scene grow and it w with it, especially the comp scene. Um, well, let's keep, let's keep hopping on, man. Let's just jump into some new season predictions, man. We're, we're five days out, right? A couple days away from the new season. Um, I was playing with squatting dog yesterday on live stream. I know I actually streamed three times this week. Lucky <laughs> me. Um, Panda, you left before I can invite you to games, by the way, which, well, which I'm, is unfortunate, but I'm going to tell you something while we were in this uh, podcast, <laughs> Sancho messaged me about something. And at the end he says, and next time join the duos. Cause I needed help carrying monster. LOL. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was, I was playing like a trash can with Sancho, but we, had, we went on to win three games with squatting dog and nerd out. Um, nice. But, um, so yeah, so we, we were gaming and squatting dog says something interesting. He thinks that the reason we don't have a lot of social promotion from Fortnite this season was because the new season was probably war themed. And, and that makes sense, like a clash between, you know, these entities, the foundation within the game and all their social promotion had to get scrapped for good reason, because due to the sense of nature of what's going on in the world in real time, um, I mean, Fortnite's a global and international game. So it makes sense if like some of their content and trailer pieces and, you know, all that was just a little too heavy, right? Or a little too close yeah. to the, you know, to the, to the pulse when it came down to um, what's going on in the real world. And maybe really for the first time ever, we've seen like nothing on the new season um yeah and normally we get tons of hints they're dropping cryptic messages and really just getting a lot of stuff and we've gotten very little the the least amount of stuff we've seen it feels very different like obviously i know there's like these drills in the game and there's some like little things around the island that's there but outside of that there's nothing like you mentioned no teasers no no prep for the season, no event that they've announced. Like, because if there were an event, we would know by now. So it looks like we're just going to go into this new season and and just get hit with a bunch of random stuff, which, hey, you know what? Maybe it'll build a little bit more excitement, be a little bit something different from the past, but obviously for good reason. What do you think? It's, it's that uh, A-B testing, you know? You got to try out new things. We've seen what they do. I'm sure we'll see some te teasers over the next couple of days. Um, but I also think based on the timeline of Obi-Wan Kenobi comes out at the end of May, we're going to see a Star Wars theme season. That's my big prediction. Um, okay. I don't know that we'll, we'll see it like as enveloped with, that's not a word, but it's not going to be as big as the Boba Fett season. I do mm -hmm. think we're going to see something similar to that though, where we're seeing a lot of different Star Wars pieces within the game. As as we're recording, I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt and SMG is wearing a Budweiser tee. So just you know, <laughs> two different humans here. You know, it is what it is. Well, what are you wearing, Panda? Just by chance? OA. OA shirt. There you go. You know, we're we're all in different walks of life here, guys. No. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's a that's a good take. It's a it's a great take. Um, Star Wars, or you know, you're you're onto something for sure. We all know that you know the what's it, Donald Musk or 
is is very much intertwined to the the entire Disney IP lineup at this point. Uh, you know, he's, he's got the Marvel connections. Pretty clear. We've seen Spider Man this season. That was awesome. Um, saw that anime collaboration this this season or this year rather the uh, with the Naruto pickup and stuff. So yeah, um, who will be the next big collab is is yet to be determined and seen. Um, other other crazy stuff happening though uh, is I guess as we just continue to roll on, Malibuka winning a cash cup, and again this kind of ties into you know, the, the craziness in the world because he's a, he's a Russian-based player. And right now, currently in Fortnite, um, I think they have about a week before they can claim any earnings before they get completely shut out due to yeah. the, the worldly sanctions going on. What do we think about Malabuka? And and some of our Fortnite pros kind of, you know, on the short end of the sick, if you will, uh, due to I'm, the... Off the top of my head, well, I think it's the 22nd, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it's the, that, that's why I said a week. Today's the 15th, yeah. so literally. So... It's it's crazy. I mean, look, I feel for them, but I don't think it's something that Epic Games and Fortnite. They're not just like, hey, yo, I don't want to pay these Russian players, right? Like, I'm not. There, it's not them trying to take a stand in that way. You sure? I, I kind of read just it just have... like that. Like, that's, yeah, exactly. That's... <laughs> exactly. It's hey, listen, Epic Games, we're super mad at Russia, so no. <laughs> I, I, and I think hopefully most of the community has kind of realized that, especially based on what I was seeing. But when the initial tweet dropped and then it was deleted. It that was, was weird or negative yeah it was crazy well i think they changed the date because if i remember correctly in the first blog post it was sooner than it was the 22nd mm. but regardless of why they did it right they did it i don't think it's in fortnite or epic games hands i just don't think they could pay the players um because of all the stuff going on but i feel for malabuka and kiriachi another player two incredible players in the eu and kiriachi is for the longest like, time was one of my favorite european players um, you know, if you, you look back to my old VOD reviews, I say it outright, like his play style is, he's, he's just literally a crazy Russian. Like if you look at the way he plays, he's so wild, um, <laughs> in your box, very aggressive, pushes you with 15 HP, doesn't care how much punishment he takes. He's going to just try to give it right back. He fights fire with fire. Um, love yeah. his play style. It, it's something that I could only dream of having the heart to do. I'm going to box up. He's not going to box up. He's going to well, take the fight. <laughs> Malabuka has been some, like one of those players that just soared this entire season my yeah. man i believe yeah. won three solo cash cups placed well in fncs too so this is real like just poor timing for him and mm -hmm. again like this is definitely out of epic games hands likely the payment to try and get to a russian person not even talking about fortnite player or u.s company sending money to russia is probably incredibly complicated at this point so it's unfortunate for him. I know there are some workarounds like that have been thrown out there. I don't know if they're applicable, if he could move, set up another bank account, do all this stuff. But I don't know. With, with what's going on, it's going to be a little more difficult for him to even just think about that. And hopefully we get to see him continue to succeed because I love seeing new players just rise and become, you know, greats. And I think we're right on the precipice of that for Malibuka, especially going on to a new season. He's one of the big grinders. Typically those who play the most will succeed when new seasons come out. And I think he's one of those players who understands the game at a different level right now. But uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. I just, it, it feels bad, man. Feels bad. Yeah. And, and you know, Malibuka was the first player we highlighted this, this podcast year to kind of kick mm -hmm. things off. Like he was the, the first guy 
coming out the gate, just on fire, very clear track to uh, continue to find success. So, you know, hearts go out to uh, anyone being affected around the world and, you know, listeners, obviously. And y'all get it. It's crazy. Keep your head on your shoulders, y'all. Um, talk about people who are having a hard time keeping their head on their shoulders is the Gears community. A uh, little bit of a little bit of an off topic here, but this is this is esports. Gears competitive announcing just just literally about an hour or two ago that they are shutting down all operations for their competitive title. The reason I want to bring it up is because man, I would be so salty if Epic just decided like, yay, we're just next season, last season. Like what? It's got to yeah. suck for the players, for the talent, for everyone, because Gears in, like, the Hispanic countries, um, especially, like, Mexico, and there's there's a few other ones out there. They have big followings. Like, if you look at the tournaments, you look at the crowds, they have some of the gnarliest clips of, like, crowd cheering and just hype moments. So, like, I'm really interested to see, like, why is it they're pulling out? Well, I think from a sustainability point, right, like, I, I don't think is there a ton of like in-game purchases and stuff to help sustain the game or is it still just that one time you bought gears and like it kind of worked off that maybe maybe that's what it is maybe they haven't really evolved with the times granted they were ahead of the times being one of the first and earliest titles to ever touch down with a competitive space right because yeah. gears have been around since you know since the halo days since the earliest days for xbox and microsoft um as one of their premier competition titles um, but yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe just the, the monetization model didn't quite yeah. keep up with the times, you know? It's all about finding that, I guess, recurring income, right? Whether it be via Battle Pass and subscription styles or just like in-game cosmetics actively dropping. DLCs don't quite cut it anymore. And just no. reading the, the piece, it could also be the lack of lands. Do the, the pandemic really hurt them? Yeah. Um, like just... While the global pandemic cut short our plans for live events, we're proud that through the support of our community and partners, we've been able to successfully continue the program throughout the last two years. To me, that sounds like, all right, not being able to host in-person events with our partners really hurt us. We did what we could over the past two years, and now you know we still don't know what's going on in the future, so they're just pushing forward towards other Gears projects. And and that makes sense. Like I said, their lands were some of the, the best stuff, and a lot of it was done internationally, like outside of the U.S. and whatnot. So if that's where the sponsored money was, and maybe, honestly, dude, like it, it works differently around the world. Like smaller countries will pay big organizations to come to them. So like that could have been a real big part of the ecosystem too. Like you don't know what countries are genuinely like government-backed, um, entities putting in money to get people to come. I mean, you see it with um, the Middle Eastern organizations all the time, like the the Oilers, if you will, the princes back some of these orgs, like straight up um, big money uh, from like royal families or like actual government entities uh, su want to support and see their countries grow. And a lot of times they do it through these um, these endeavors, uh, whatever's got the people's attention. And right now it's esports. That's why I'm so curious as to why like a major company like Microsoft, Xbox, Gears are backing out because it's pretty clear esports is the future. Um, the audience retention, the numbers are rivaling, you know, major sports in, in some instances. I mean, we saw the streamer awards have 300,000 people watching literal, like, regular streamers, talent, non-professional on, uh, well, I guess professional in some capacity, but not formally yeah. trained professionals run their own show. And that was amazing. It was different. It was very unique. 
and uh i mean it gives me it gives me hope for the future right it had i think when we speak specifically about the stream rewards right i think the impact it had was very positive it gives some insight to creators to try to host bigger more exciting things i mean people oh like uh uh ibai i don't know if you guys have heard of him but he po he creates these just insane incredible like challenge challenge live stream stuff like that and his streams are massive and so this was just kind of another indication that this is the direction that that content is going to start heading to and they had tons of sponsors for the streamer awards and it was literally run by a streamer like cutie cinderella and maya is their names were the main ones that like hosted the streamer awards did everything with it and uh, worked behind the scenes on it so for them to be able to come through on their own channel, get a 300,000 concurrent viewers and create what was a pretty stable production, right? Like well, it, was, it, was a, it was a great production. They had a professional production yeah. team behind it. They just had regular streamers on camera, which would kind of <laughs> leaned into the scuffed and fun element. And that's what kind of you expect because that's the kind of community Cutie Cinderella and, you know, Hassan Abi and I don't know, just, all the XQC Ludwig, exactly, dude. We're talking the Pepe claps and the the memers of the world, quite literally, that innovate the meme culture and space. <laughs> um, they were all there, and and honestly, it just shows the power of influencers. Um, one thing that I, I said recently is that's the kind of influence that no money or dollar can pay for, right? Like you just got to kind of be in and be in with the right people to get like a XQC to leave his house, show up, and. Just all the, the magnitude of following they had there was, like, ridiculous. Such a powerful, influential group of people. And the coolest thing is it, like, justify, I can't find the right word, but justifies what all these people are doing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, even though you're making money and all this stuff, like, it's awesome to be recognized by your peers for the, your success. And I think that's something that's really awesome about these award shows is, it's created by streamers for streamers and it's all, you know, it, there's no BS corporate awards that they're just paying to get, you know, these people deserve this. They earn this and now get to get recognized for it, which is really cool. And my, my biggest personal takeaway from that event was just how awesome it is to see all these people come together and collectively appreciate and succeed together. Yeah, and, and, and we've seen some cool stuff from you in particular. Somebody's going to, I mean, you can share some of your insight on what it takes to put together an award show. I mean, you did the, the community's pretty much premier and only competitive awards, right? Which was not only, I'd say, pioneered and driven by your hard work, but, you know, it was it was very much for the community. Like, people got to vote in and, you know, you, you've invited a select people that have put time into the space. I mean... Um, all of us here, I'm pretty sure, have been panelists at, at some point yeah. or another for the, the the most recent comp award. So, yeah, if, if you want to just talk a little bit about maybe the logistics behind that. Yeah, of course. So we are we just in January did our second year of the competitive awards, and it was for a similar reason. You know, there there wasn't that recognition for these Fortnite players. We focus on Fortnite. If you guys don't know, it's the competitive awards, but for competitive Fortnite, um, and the whole idea is I want to make sure that these players are recognized for their achievements. Awesome. You may win an FNCS, but certain people like the rising star or the most valuable player in the region, the best team, the best coach in particular is one that like I care a lot for um, because those people are 
typically never recognized for their achievements. It's starting to become more of a, a mainstream thing within Fortnite. But overall, the, the competitive Fortnite scene needs to come together and appreciate what we have. And that's really why I put this together. But the logistics of it, Monster, like you asked, it's a pain. You know, this <laughs> takes me almost two months and it never comes out to the degree that I want it to. We're getting better each year. It's getting better and better. But, you know, we had about 50 panelists that I tried to get to, to vote. And then you have the community voting and then you put all that together. Then you, you try and get people to accept awards and then you try and do all the production piece. And like both of those on on their own could be like two whole separate jobs. Um, but putting all yeah, it's worth it. Like, I'm not trying to complain but it is a lot of work to to get all of that stuff together and make it something that I believe the community deserves. Cause I don't want to put out a product that is poor and doesn't properly appreciate the community that we have. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that, and that makes a lot of sense. Well, you know what? You've, you've already ran two of them, uh, both of which, you know, I'm a big fan of, and I had the pleasure of Thank being you. a part of, um, try to do my part in, in voting, especially when it came down to uh, <clears throat> organization on the production side of the year. You know, always gonna vote for myself. <laughs> so <laughs> there were two cents in there, but um, yeah, no, you know, we we've we've all been recognized on there. It's it's really cool. I think what we could do better next time is definitely let's just work on stronger promotion. Let's now that we have you more regularly here on the podcast, I'm sure there's thousands of people that are listening to this and be like, man, I would have liked to tune into a, a FN award show. Um, so yeah, you know, moving forwards, so let's continue to step it up and, and reach out and get this thing in front of more people because it, it's definitely really cool. And as you can see, guys, it takes months of labor and work to um, coordinate it all together. But man, fun episode today. That was, uh, did I say 150 at the start? Maybe, maybe, yes, sir. 150? maybe, but it is 150 for those who may <laughs> not have heard. But... <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's start to, uh, let's start to wrap this up. Panda, I'm going to give you the floor really quick. Any final words and things like that. So the people can know where to find you. Yeah, man. Listen, I, I keep saying I'm coming back soon. The boys can actually see my camera on and you can see that there's the studio is not finished yet. Right. But uh, soon, hope, I'm hoping by the end of next week, I'll be back and you can find me twitch.tv forward slash lifewpanda, TikTok, lifewpanda. Listen, I'm going to be everywhere and it's going to be, at first, it's going to seem like a lot, but I'm coming full force content this year. It's, it's going to be exciting. Definitely sick. And guys, when he says his background isn't done, he's like one picture away from being finished. I, I, I don't know what he's waiting okay. for personally. <laughs> it's it's a beautifully clean ship lapped wall with like a, a freshly painted section in the middle. Like he is literally one LED image away from just like God tier background. I want you guys to know that. <laughs> uh, Taylor, SMG, let, let the let the folks at home know, know where they can find you, man. Yeah, and make sure you guys go tag at life with Panda on Twitter all the time until he gets this content out. Yes. Because we've heard it's coming for a long time. So like if you guys push him, he has to do it. Um, three months. Uh, three months in the works, guys. I may I may just start. But we'll Eddie. see. Yeah, anyway, you guys somebody's gun one word S O M E B O D Y G U N. SBG SMG if you're Monster D face. Um <laughs> but YouTube, Twitter pretty much the only thing i stream occasionally but that's kind of just me screwing around so yeah sick sick well as always guys send all your complaints to me at the fortnite podcast at gmail.com you can find me at monster deface across all social handles thank you guys as always for listening tuning in rocking with your boys check out these fellow 
uh, you know, co-hosts and, and commentators alike, just, just supporting week after week. Um, until next time, guys, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Peace, y'all.